0: You're listening to the regular podcast from Pete the Vet's blog. This was first broadcast on East Coast FM.
1: Pete Wedderburn... um for who has a clinic on the old, old Connor Avenue here in Bray, so local vet, um, you're in to talk to us all about little animal issues. Indeed. Good morning to you, Pete. Good morning. Good morning. Good place to start, um, I think, <coughs> the Ebola crisis. Who thought I'd be talking to you about that? But Excalibur, the Ebola dog, has become quite famous this week. He was um, put down despite a massive campaign against it. Um, you've been following this story? Yeah,
0: yes. Um, I actually wrote a blog about it in my own on my own website, PeteTheVet.com, because it, it it really motivated people to get quite emotional. What happened was the unfortunate woman, the Spanish woman. She's a, she's a nurse, and she was nursing a, a missionary priest who'd who'd been transferred from Sierra Leone to a hospital in Madrid, and she picked up the infection after nursing this this, this missionary. Um, sh- she then um, was was um, obviously seriously ill. But what happened was, the controversy was that the family dog, who's a 12-year-old rescued dog um, called Excalibur, um, the, the, the um, Madrid local authority got a court order for him to be destroyed, for him to be euthanized. And uh, even though he was extremely healthy, perfectly well dog, um, and there's there's no evidence that dogs can carry Ebola at all, and so the, the, the husband of the nurse put out a, a, a cry uh, 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 for um, support on social media um, not to have his dog put down. And um, as a result of that, there was a massive petition, over 400,000 signatures were gathered, um, Asking for the dog not to be euthanized. Um and um, there were crowds outside the apartment where the where, where, where the where the where the dog was, um, battling with police trying to save this dog's life. It kind of seems a bit bizarre, given that there's been, you know, thousands of humans dying of Ebola in in Africa, and then one dog is threatened, and there's a massive outcry. But I, I think the point about it was was that th- th- it was very much arguable as to whether there was any need for the dog to be euthanized.
1: Well, that's the big question, particularly when mm. there wasn't the, the facts to back up to say, as you say, we don't, we don't even know if, if they could
0: carry the virus. I, suppose the, the, the point, I think the point that I make in my blog is this, that um, at the very least what could have happened is a dog could have been put into quarantine, and then the authorities could have monitored, monitored the dog, taking blood samples and so on, to try to work out, well... dogs, can they carry this virus? The dog had clearly been exposed to the virus through its owner and it would be very useful to to have recorded what happened serologically, you know, what happened um, to the dog's immune system. Was it affected by Ebola? Could it have carried it? And if if the dog had been fine after a month or or two months, you could say, fine, dogs don't carry this disease and this dog is now healthy and can be released. And there would have been a win-win situation.
1: So fantastic yes, yeah, fantastic opportunity. Seems to be missed then to gather mm. valuable data. And I,
0: I guess you never know the full story behind the yeah. scenes, but but that's certainly the impression you get from looking at it from afar.
1: On the surface, indeed. Mm. Um, we'll come a little bit closer to home, um, talking about pet matters locally. And mm-hmm. I had a, a, an issue that I wanted to discuss with you during the break, and I wanted to get your take on it because I think it can be a very big I- I- issue with dogs that might be they're part of the family when they're when they reach a certain age. And I know my parents have a dog is fourteen lovely Labrador, Mm. had a great life and very energetic, always goes down to the beach chasing sticks and just never wants to stop. But then I think there's a major problem with with that breed of dog, then arthritis can begin to develop and Mm. uh, our dog, Suki, as she's called, uh, has a little problem with her back legs as well, which has gradually gotten worse over the years and she's on increasing amounts of medication. Mm. Um, It's going to eventually come to a point when... You need to find out, is the dog still getting good quality of life and how much can medicine do in that regard? Do you find that a difficult challenge in your job when you've, you've people coming in with you with, with dogs who do have such difficulties or indeed any pets and you know that they're starting to, on the on the decline and when is that actual point to intervene?
0: Yeah, it's very common for this to, for it to, to be a, a dilemma for owners and indeed a dilemma for vets. Um, it's obviously not right to have animals carrying on being alive when they're suffering all the time um but there's a big gray area between you know when a dog is having a fantastic life and obviously thoroughly enjoying the fullness of life and the stage where, the, where life isn't worth living there's a big gray area as dogs grow older and i think in in times past um people would expect a vet to pronounce a judgment like this dog is ready to go now you just do what i say whereas nowadays it generally works with much more of a consensus whereby the vet would act more like a non-directive counsellor where, you know, they would discuss the situation with Nora and saying, well, okay, you know what does he dog up to these days, you know what sort of life is he having and, you know, and do you feel you're ready to carry out euthanasia and um, really working with an owner to, to 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 find out their opinion because most people do know themselves when it's right, but sometimes it takes a little bit of teasing out to to work out um, are they at the right stage um, I think for vets there are two diffi- two potential difficulties one of them is when people sometimes bring in a dog which Um, may seem to the vet too healthy to be euthanized. So maybe a a 12-year-old, 13-year-old Labrador that's still actually really fit and healthy, but the owners can see that arthritis and the the, the problems of old age are on the horizon, and they want to preempt that by euthanizing the dog earlier rather than later. Is that to protect themselves as much as the dog? Maybe to Uh, see the dog into decline could
1: be quite hurtful, perhaps? It's
0: it's hard to know why it is. There's probably different motivations. But it's difficult for a vet, when they're asked, to do that. And... um, the other difficult one is sometimes when an, an, uh, an animal may may have been let go perhaps too far, and so as a vet you, you see an animal even sometimes being carried in uh, in, in, a, in quite an advanced state of 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 um, you know getting very close to the end and clearly not a not a happy animal anymore, yet the owner still unwilling to let them go and to carry out euthanasia. So that's, again, a difficult one for a vet and that's the time where you have to be more directive and you have to say, because people sometimes can't be objective when they're emotionally involved and you have to really point out to them, look, in the interests of of this animal do you not think that it's time that you let them go so you know th- those those extreme examples are pretty rare most often you know people are sensible and realistic and you know they want to give their life their, their pet the best life for as long as possible but they don't want them to suffer at the end and so it's just a case of vets and owners talking about these issues and then reaching a decision together really
1: yeah and you hear for, for certain breeds of dogs i know anyways it's like when you hear Oh, I've lost my dog. And how old is he? Say 12, 13, 14 years. Ah, oh, that's a good age. That's a good age. They've done well. What kind of lifespan for a dog? Is that a, is that a good age? Or how old can dogs live to be? Or it, breeds? I suppose. It's a difficult question.
0: It, it, it varies a lot between different breeds. For example, well, in general, smaller breeds live for longer. So, um, whereas a little Yorkshire Terrier-type dog might live till 17 or 18. Um, I remember a lovely crossbred dog called Benji, who was 21 when he died. 20. He was amazing. Um, uh, he had his. He'd actually brought. He's brought into me after Rudax at the age of seventeen, and he needed his one of his legs amputated. And I said to his owners, "You know, he's seventeen. Surely, you know, it's, obviously, it's not something that's realistic." And they looked at me and said, "Well, why not? He's a happy dog. Why not?" So I amputated Benji's leg at the age of seventeen, and he lived for another four years. So you know, um, you can't really make rules for for length of dog lives. Um, other breeds like maybe um, Great Danes. Irish Wolfhounds and Bernards, these big breeds, they will sometimes die um, of old age by the age of of seven or eight. So you know, it does it does vary quite dramatically, much more so than in humans.
1: Um, <clears throat> let's try and get a bit more positive now, Peter. Getting, <laughs> you know, getting very morbid. Um, we're we're coming into autumn, and not far around the corner then is winter. Are there any particular things that pet owners need to be aware that this time of year, with regard to their pets, things they might pick up, or?
0: Well, I um. I, Winter problems generally are to do with coldness and dampness. So arthritis that you've already mentioned your own family dog has, becomes more apparent in the winter time. So you should, um, this, the most important parts of treating for arthritis are actually um owner management things such as keeping dogs nice and lean rather than overweight um, making sure that they they don't getting too much exercise some exercise but not too much you know maybe 20 minutes twice a day half an hour twice a day you, you can't take um dogs arthritis out for th- four or five hour walks anymore um and neither can you give them no exercise um and also just other things like making sure they've got a soft bed i recently got uh, one of those memory foam beds for my dog and they love that they Soft bed makes a big difference for a dog. Um- and you know just like it does for ourselves having a comfortable bed is a great thing isn't it so these are the kind of things that you think about for your for your if you've got an older pet that's got arthritis and by the way the other thing that's been recently recognised is that cats get arthritis just like dogs it's much more difficult to recognise because you don't take your cat for a walk so you don't watch them you don't watch their gait as, as carefully as you would a dog but you, what you can do is you can observe um, how they move around the house and you know how they jump or how they stop jumping um, compared to normal um, at our clinic in Old Contant Avenue we've now got a cat only clinic as well All right. just for cats so there's a waiting room where only cats are allowed and they can get out of their box and walk around the waiting room and enjoy a bit of space and calm away from dogs and one of the things that we, we do when they're in the waiting room walking around is look at the way they're moving and try to see you know could they be suffering from a bit of arthritis
1: and uh, I suppose the cats you always assume they're so agile you, you don't think they could be inflicted by it, no?
0: they can be yeah and and the great thing is that once you identify arthritis it can be treated really effectively with modern drugs so, so quite often people will have an old dog or cat that they think is just slowing down because of old age. Um, but in actual fact, once you do a bit of a workup and you work out what's going on with the animal, uh, you give them medication, they're like a young animal again. And, you know, um, it's kind of like an unrecognized problem that can be helped.
1: Another trend I've noticed anecdotally, and I'd like you to confirm or otherwise you're the best man to answer this, and whether it's right or wrong, I seem to notice a lot more people dressing their animals and their pets, putting jumpers or, I don't know, something as simple as a bandana on a dog. Yeah,
0: yeah. What do you make of all that? Well, I mean there's an element of dressing of pets which is practical like i've got a little dog with a kiko who's got a very fine coat and she's a small dog so she's got a very large surface area to body size and what that means is that she gets cold very easily um so for her a little coat is a great thing because it keeps her warm in bad weather uh, and it keeps her dry and there are, i know dogs that will refuse to go out for their walk unless their coat is on. They'll actually sit there at the front door looking at the coat on the wall waiting for it to be put on them before they go out. So there's an element of practicality about it. There's also an element of fashion and, you know, like you say, the things like the fancy bandanas and the diamond studded jackets and all this sort of stuff. Well, you know, that's a bit of fun and you have to recognise as that. It's the owner indulging themselves. It's for humans. It's for humans. (laughs) Um, I I think it's okay. I, I have... In the state, I was in the states last year, and I, what I saw there was cats with clothes on. I even saw a cat wearing a wig, believe it or not. Now, the owner of the cat would insist that the cat enjoyed doing those things, and that. Um, and she used to. She was pushing it around in a pram with this wig and, this, and, and, and these clothes on. And she insisted that the cat was very happy. But I kind of think, <laughs> the funny thing is, in Ameri- America, they just think, ah, oh, yeah, sure, why not? What's the harm? Whereas <laughs> over here, remarkable. they think, oh, that's cruel. So it's a, a funny cultural divide. I guess if the animal isn't objecting to it, the animal's happily sitting there fine. But it's a bit strange, isn't it?
1: <laughs> uh, and any sort of trend you're noticing with people coming into your practice then with uh, any and sort of issues more prevalent than others at the moment
0: i think the ongoing big challenge for for vets in the current climate is is the the economic situation where um maybe an animal is hit by a car or maybe an animal de- de- develops a sudden nasty viral infection and the owner is told look it's going to cost you 800 1500 euros to put your animal right and they just haven't got the money that's an ongoing really big issue for vets and that's why vets are keen that people get their pets insured because if a pet's insured okay so you pay out your 10 and 15 euro a month but um if your vet if if your pet has a crisis you know you're not going to be faced with a situation where you just where, where you can't afford the treatment and where sometimes animals have to be euthanized because of lack of money, and that's one of the most devastating things for owners, and indeed for 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 vets and vet nurses who are involved. You know, um, it's expensive to have the right medical care for for animals, and you know um, that's a, I think probably the biggest ongoing challenge in, in our profession.
1: That's a really good point, and it must be heartbreaking then for people because if it's the and medical bills, they they are what they are, and you can't skimp. You either get the medical care, and it's if it's a human or an
0: animal, you still need to put the same effort yeah. in. Look, like vets will will do their best to help out. Giving people payment payment plans and so on, Um, but it still is you know whether it needs paid now or over six months. You know, a big chunk of money. Some people just can't go there, and you know, um, people don't realise this until they're in that difficult situation. So it's helpful to be able to say to folk, look, do think about it in advance, and you know. Either get your pet insured or, or keep some money to one side just in case of that eventuality. Wow,
1: okay. That's an interesting one, so pet insurance you would be advocating there. Uh, Pete, the vet, Pete Wedderburn, is the clinic on Old Conner Avenue here in Bray. Thank you very much for joining us on The Morning Show. Thank you.